Thank you for tuning in. This is a Normal Human Radio Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Normal Human Rewatch, where I try to untangle a wire from the wheel of my chair. And nice. we talk about it's Avatar The Last Airbender. Really. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about Avatar The Last Airbender Season 1, Episode 12, The Storm. This is this is a gold star right here, brother. Oh, you're gold starring it. Yeah. Well, Jack, since you've gold starred it, why don't we transition the josh Nopsis into the jack Nopsis? Oh, God. Why don't you take us over what happened? Christ alive. I'm not good at this stuff. Uh, yikes. Okay. Josh, I'm gonna transition it back to you. Good, because I was really close to firing you. Uh, let me just untangle my wire. Entertain the people for like 10 seconds. I'm just gonna edit it out. Entertain them. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertaining? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, so... Lean into the episode after the Great Divide. Uh, Team Avatar is out of food. So they have to go to a local uh, fish market. But Aang is plagued with a bad dream of when he was trapped in the storm and uh, was ended up frozen in ice for 100 years. Uh, everybody else kind of has bad dreams. Aang doesn't really want to talk about it. But we also see that as they're leading up to this, it's a very beautiful day. But there's an old woman and Uncle Iroh who are both predicting that a very bad storm is about to occur. So there's, there's two parts to this episode. There's Aang's backstory and Zuko's backstory. And rather than switching back and forth between the two, I'm going to start with uh, Aang and his, his story arc and then finish with Zuko's story arc. So... We are revealed after Sokka goes out on a fishing uh, voyage to make some money for them that Aang was chosen as the Avatar, and it was revealed to him at age 12, which kind of robbed him of the prime years of his childhood when he was playing around with his friends and really, you know, getting getting into having a lot of fun while airmen. Aang is taken under uh, the tutelage of Monk Gyatso, and we find that this whole thing was very stressful for Aang because Aang didn't pick to be the Avatar. He just happened to choose four of the Avatar relics as his toys, and all of a sudden, he's got this major responsibility because the monks and some of the other nations are being concerned with what the Fire Nation is planning. And they think that they're going to need the Avatar rather quickly, which causes them to start the training of Aang at age 12 instead of age 16. So Aang goes from having a very normal childhood to being put on rigorous training, rigorous like thought exercise, stuff, a ton of stuff like that, which causes him to run away from the uh, his air temple. And he leaves a note for Monkey Atso, who is absolutely devastated, and it really wants the best for Aang. You, you really feel a lot for Monkey Atso here, because Monkey Atso is by far the biggest influence on Aang, and he continues to, to show that with how he went about training him, how he went about handling the other monks. But... Aang has this feeling that he turned his back on the entire world because he was called out by the fishermen early in the episode and, you know, there was no Avatar for 100 years. He, he left the Air Temple when they were attacked, essentially, and he thinks that maybe if he was around for that, none of this would have happened. But in reality, Aang probably would have died in that same Fire Nation raid and, you know, the cycle would be starting again with the Water Tribe, but he didn't. He, he ran away and they come to the conclusion that he needs to stop dwelling on the past, which is something he accepts but doesn't really follow through on. His past comes back to, you know, re it really rears its head several times throughout the series, but... He ends up uh, coming through on his arc, and he saves the fishermen and Sokka who are trapped out at sea in, in the midst of a terrible storm. And at the end of the episode, he's, he's much happier again. Uh, Zuko's storyline, however, Zuko gets into it with the lieutenant of his crew. Iroh kind of separates what's happening, and as the crew is kind of talking about how they don't want to deal with Zuko anymore, Iroh steps in and he's like, hey, here's something you don't know about Zuko. So Zuko, as, as the young prince um, and, and the heir apparent to the throne, when uh, his, his father passes, wanted to be included on stuff, and Iroh was very supportive of that. He, he thought that Zuko should be doing other stuff, but he's like, listen, if you're going to be doing this, you got to take my advice. Zuko doesn't take the advice and speaks out against the general's order. Even though Zuko is in the right, he spoke out of turn and, as a result, needed to prove himself in an Agni Kai, which is a duel by fire. So two firebenders are going at it. However, when Zuko turns around, it is actually his father he's facing, the Fire Lord, and not the general. So he refuses to fight his father, and in return, his father burns his uh, left eye and marks him with a scar of being a coward and banishes him from the kingdom for showing weakness and will only restore his honor if he returns with the Avatar. And I realize this all out on the table for them. So they see Zuko is just kind of misunderstood now. Uh, he comes off as aggressive, but in his heart of hearts, he really cares for what's best for everyone. What's the most responsible action to take? And we um, we see this with Zuko rushing to save his helmsman in the midst of the storm. Uh, by the way, we do get to see Iroh redirect lightning, which is a very yeah. advanced firebending technique. 
And, you know, Zuko opts instead of going for the Avatar when Aang goes to save the fisherman to get his crew to safety, taking the best result here. You know, there's other days we can catch the Avatar. There's not other days where, you know, I can get, get you all out of harm's way this easily. Uh, so, yeah. Did I, did I hit everything? Yeah, pretty much. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the backstories that you get as to why each character is the way they are. Um, learning about Zuko's past, I think, is very, very key here because it really sets up his arc for the entire show. I don't want to say too much more, I guess, um, in case someone's watching along for the first time. But this is, the, this is the episode where they're like, okay, here is where we put Zuko on his character's path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of what we were talking about last episode, Aang leaving and it being because his friends are treating him differently that he's the Avatar is very much what a 12-year-old would do. They care more about how they're perceived by their friends versus the responsibility they're given because, I mean, when you're 12, that's the most important thing to you is your friends. I think that was, I mean, and then coming to face the consequences in a very real way. I think that's really well done for, for the show. Um, plus you get the, the old man and his wife are very funny. So you get a little bit of comedic relief between the two of them. Yeah, which was needed for this episode. It's, yeah, it's a very heavy. It's a very heavy episode. So getting the comedic relief with the old man Sokka and um, the old man's wife. And you really get um, so something that's very important from this episode. You get an absolute banger of a question: Is fish meat? <laughs> it is meat. The fisherman disagrees with me, but so does Ron Swanson. Yeah, two Sorry, very Ron. learned men. <laughs> so, so do you take a fisherman and and a icon or Jack side? I'm just saying one of these things went to college for, for me, one and a half years. Take that. Me. Take that. What you will. <laughs> for me, fish is not food. It's not that it is. It's not food. It's is it meat. No, it's not food for me. Yeah, they're friends. No, I would die if I ate it. Oh, well, yeah. Which is why fish are your friends. <laughs> no, I don't like fish that much. They're Fish give me the jeebies. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like fish. Like I'm less scared of seeing um, like a spider in my room than I would be of seeing like a slightly too large fish in the ocean. Don't go to Hawaii. Are the fish that big? Well, I know tuna are massive. Yeah, dude, if you go to Hawaii, there's some large fish. I'm always large. like I I kind of want to swim a big fish, but at the same time like when there's big fish, there's bigger sharks, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the risky run. <laughs> that's the risky run to see a sunfish. Um, um, but the other thing that I have in my notes, the fact that they just casually dropped in the lightning redirect in this episode, what? Yeah, you don't realize it um, until later, but... Because, yeah, they don't really talk about it, but that's one of the most advanced lightning, or firebending techniques is the redirect of lightning, and Iroh's just like, I got you. Uh, by the way, we got our first major um, major guest star with Mark Hamill. Yeah, this is this is where he makes his debut as uh, the Fire Lord. Yeah, I think this is the first uh, lines of the Fire Lord, and as always, Mark Hamill kills it. Yeah, he, the dude is like unmatched as far as like voice acting in the sense of like he's just so good at villain voice acting he, he really is fire lord ozai the joker i'm pretty I sure too... he did villains from codename kids next door i honestly I, he might have i don't know sure but uh two very iconic villains oh yeah absolutely but so, this is this is an episode i enjoy it so much um yeah because you're into the storytelling the... aspect of this show this is so i love storytelling and characters and this is like just magnificent mm-hmm. stuff from the show here so for, for me, uh, again, uh, drawing the parallels between, you know, the forced shunning of Zuko and the accidental shunning of, of Aang is is pretty cool to me, um, especially knowing what I know about the show. Yeah. But yeah, again, the, it just... the parallels in the two back, the two backs, they're always building on what the show ends as and the feeling you have when the show ends. Yeah, and it's something that on your first watch, you don't necessarily, like, you see it unfolding as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. But after you've seen it and you're rewatching it, it's they lay, they lay the foundation. They seeds so early. They lay and, the foundation of concrete. They actually let it set instead of building on it too early, which causes cracks in the foundation. Shout out Fairview Suites, Lock in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they, they do lay like a perfect foundation for a rewatch. And I, it, it makes the show, rewatching the show just as good as watching it for the first time. Yeah, it's, and this is like several rewatches deep for us. And it's still just as good. And I just, I appreciate the fact that I've seen the show so many times that I can see the title of the episode. And I'm like, like, oh, oh yeah, this happens, yeah. this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. But you can't do a diagnosis. Um, no, I'm so bad at that. I can't just talk. Yeah, because when, when I do the synopsis, it's almost five straight minutes of me talking. 
I can't do that. I just don't have it in me. Um, but dude, at the end of it, like, I need the drink because my mouth is getting so um. Yeah, dry. Dry and uh, sticky. Gross. But, <laughs> um, no, no, no. But all in all, excellent episode. Your first gold star. Yeah, I think this is the first episode that really deserves it for me. Just for what I like in the show is the every episode they do some good character work, but this is like when they the first episode where they really are just like, what if we just crush it? And let's uh, preview next week's episode, the Blue Spirit. I think it plays really well off this episode. It does. The Twelve thirteen, back to back. I highly recommend if you're watching the show. If you're not binging it, definitely watch 12 and 13 back to back. They play so well together. Nobody has played so well with 12 and 13 together since Caramel. I'm so <laughs> glad you took the oop. <laughs> oh. We've been call me John about, Stockton. Call, uh, call me, um, uh, it's on the dream team oh. with John Stockton. Uh, call me Charles Barkley. Because I'm not attracted to children. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about how shitty the person Carmelo is for uh, years. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, a long time. About 12 years? Um. <laughs> Same amount of time as he waited, so. Oh my God. Uh, Carmelo, not a good person. Nope. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope to have you back next episode. If you guys leave us a five-star review, we will be reading out whatever you have to say. Maybe your comments on the episode, comments on the series, maybe some things you want to ask us about the series or what we've, we've really enjoyed so far. We'll read it out live um, on the show. Uh, but other than that, feel free to check out our YouTube. Feel free to check out our Twitters. You can follow Jack over at jdaws127. You can follow me at radio underscore normal. And you might be able to follow me at King Sendo pretty soon. I might you be might. making the personal Twitter. Other than that, you can uh, check out our other podcast on Spotify and Apple. We have another podcast called Bracketeers. And then we have our YouTube exclusive podcast, which should be coming out relatively soon, uh, called The Mothership, where you actually we'll see. Get to see our faces. Yeah, the, the face reveal. The face reveal. The, the zero subscriber face reveal. Everyone loves it, man. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. The, people, the people have been demanding it. Yeah, should, should that be the title of our first podcast, Zero Subscriber Face Reveal? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, but dude, you gotta, uh, you gotta grow the mustache back out. Yeah, I'm... It's coming through strong. I'm editing I'm editing a uh, one that we're not going to release. It was uh, good, practice. right? It's a, the stash is stronger. There. It's stronger, yeah. It's present. I moved, it. I moved past the why are you near my kid phase into the, the Carl Malone I passed the Carl Malone, Malone phase and I moved into the why are you dating my over 18 year old daughter <laughs> <laughs> I moved into like 80s bad boy mustache phase yeah like again if I broke out the present. jean jacket or the leather jacket I, watch out yeah I'd be untouchable watch out tinder watch out uh, definitely watch out tinder <laughs> you're, you're both coming you can, follow, you can find me on uh, tinder around the Philadelphia area if you go to Philadelphia in like your if you have tinder gold and you fly to Philadelphia and search there I think if you set it to an 18 mile radius you can see me uh, tell me what you think. Very, about it. oddly specific. Um, yeah, I, I think. I'm hopping on a plane like, right now, Josh. You gotta get Tinder Gold for 99 a month. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't have Tinder Gold funds. <laughs> You're not. It, the Tinder Gold is nice. Why am I doing an ad read for Tinder Gold? <laughs> Why are we going on a 10 minute rant about Carl Malone and Tinder on an Avatar podcast? Carl Malone and Tinder go worse together than Carl Malone and 12 Golds. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.